everybody. Welcome to another Prog Report interview. This is Roy. My guest today is one of the legendary singers of all time, former singer for Queensryche. He has a brand new album out with the project Sweet Oblivion. I'm really pleased to welcome Jeff Tate. Hey, Jeff, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Uh, just an honor to speak with you. You know, this is the first time we've had a chance to talk, and you have certainly been one of the biggest influences uh, for me, and I'm, and I'm sure many other people that follow our website. So real honor to, to finally get a chance to talk to you. Oh, thank you. First, uh, we got to bring up the new uh, record, which is why we're, we're talking here. Sweet Oblivion uh, featuring Jeff Tate. The new album, Relentless, comes out April 9th. Uh, another great album. Got a couple singles out already. Uh, Strong Pressure and Another Change. Um, but, you know, before we touch on that, I just want to talk about how this, uh, this time has been for you, COVID-wise. I mean, you've been just on the road relentlessly, no pun intended, uh, you know, for previous years and now a lot of time off. Um, how's that been for you? How's COVID been for you? How are you doing? Um, yeah, it's been, well, like everyone, it's a huge adjustment, you know, for, uh, you know, that it completely changes your, your life around, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, I spent the first part of the year, uh, in Ireland. Um, my wife and I rented a cottage over there and we uh, moved in and over the summer, I worked on this record, uh, which was very enjoyable, um, being, uh, in this wonderful environment and very inspirational place, you know, and then, uh, we came back home and, uh, into like massive lockdown. Right. So right. that, that was really kind of weird to get used to, but, but, you know, it, it actually was kind of a nice thing for me because like you mentioned earlier, I've been, um, really hitting the road heavy over the last seven or eight years. So this was the first time I've really slowed down and, uh, from the touring aspect of things. And I just loved it. <laughs> you know, actually, I love being home. I love, uh, working in the studio every day and, um, uh, doing projects around the house and taking care of a lot of stuff that I've sort of like, uh, you know, been going to take care of as soon as I get some time, you know, yeah. my life is very, very tidy right now. Cause, uh, I've just taken care of all the loose ends. I had, I used to have these like big gigantic warehouse storage units full of stuff, you know, for 30, 40 years of collecting stuff. And right. I got rid of all those and slimmed everything down. My wife and I sold a, uh, sold a, one of our properties and uh, we downsized uh, quite a bit. So we're, we're very comfortable now in, into a new house and, you know, been working on uh, setting all that up and, so, yeah, it's just been a, a time of uh, kind of reconnecting with my family and my kids and uh, my grandchildren and uh, spending yeah. a lot of good quality time. I, I've heard that from a few artists, that they've actually enjoyed it more than they thought, you know, that uh, that, that having some, some time to finally rest and, and regroup is, is welcome. So that's, that's cool. Well, I've been putting together, I know it sounds so trivial, but I've been putting together uh, like a photo montage of my life, you know, mm -hmm. and all my children and my grandchildren. And I, I've come to realize that I've missed out so much on my kids growing up because I was traveling so much, right. you know, and there's pictures of them in all these different locations around the world at different ages. You know? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's crazy. It, then you forget all that stuff, you know, right. until you, it's in your face and you're looking at it and go, well, where were we? Nobody remembers, you know, where that was, you know, yeah. the picture was taken. So it's, I don't know, it's, it's an interesting perspective, I think. But I've been getting a lot of studio work done, writing a lot, working on several different projects and 
finished the Sweet Oblivion project, of course, uh, last summer. So that's coming out now. So it's uh, things are uh, interesting. I'll yeah. Well, I'm glad there's a second record because I, I tell you, the first one uh, that came out, I guess, a couple years ago uh, now, because time flies, which is it's it's crazy. Um, that was a that was a great album and, and sort of an unexpected surprise that that came out of nowhere, um, really. And it and it, uh, I think everybody was really pleased with that record and how it came out. I you know the reviews were were great from what everything I read and it had a great response to it. Um, but I wasn't sure because sometimes these projects are are sort of one offs, uh, and I'm not I wasn't sure that that it was that obvious there would be a second one. So so was that really in the plans for you right away that you were going to do a follow-up yeah yeah there's a there's three i believe yeah we have one more yeah and this one um this one came about uh very nicely and i'm glad it it worked out the way it did uh aldo lenobly my producer and main writer on this record was uh a fellow that i would met uh years ago and so we had an acquaintance already and um, it was a great working relationship. I think we had was uh, he's very open minded like me musically and and able to, you know, grasp and juggle lots of different ideas, you know, and uh, he's not locked into, you know, doing it one way. He's very open minded. So I really appreciate uh, working with people like that. So, yeah, it was a, it was a good matchup. You know, I think we, we complimented each other. Yeah, um, there's a lot of talk with these records that it kind of has a, a classic Queensryche sound to it. And, and, you know, I'm sure you're always going to get that because it's your voice when you do these things. But um, do, do you find the similarity there musically and stylistically, uh, you know, with the guitar sound and sort of the, the, the writing style on there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's there's no way around it. When, when you're a writer and you, yeah. you write stuff, you, you, uh, you know, you, you can't help but... Uh, your influences come out, you know, and, uh, you, you are what you write. Right. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, your voice sounds as fantastic as ever. You know, I wonder if, if being on the road and, uh, you know, for so long has sort of, uh, helped you keep your voice, uh, as, as good as it is, or has the downtime, um, you know, helped or hurt your voice and, uh, you know, and, and keeping it maintained. Uh, well, just from the mechanics of singing, downtime is your enemy. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, you you have to keep singing. It's like an athlete working out, you know. You have to keep up to a performance level uh, quality, you know, of, uh, of exercise. Have you ever heard of the, the Vargas nerve? Uh, no. At all? Well, that, that's a, it's a major part of your body that gets stimulated when you sing really, especially when you sing really um, with a lot of force and a lot of uh, power mm-hmm. and it uh, scientists or medical science is exploring it uh, in depth now because it, it, they, they think it really leads to health, uh, your health being, uh, uh, well, your health is better with more stimulation and it keeps you from getting uh, certain ailments, uh, nervous system disorders, um, certain diseases that are pretty rampant in our society now. It, the var- stimulation of the vargas nerve is, is said to uh, alleviate that or limit it. So, um, yeah, I think that that's 
very important. At least for me, I, I feel much better when I when I sing hard every day. Yeah. And when I take when I take like months off, gosh, it's uh, it takes me weeks to get back up to a, a performance level again. You know. Right. Uh, I want to talk about a couple of the songs uh, on the record. Uh, Another change, a recent single that just came out, it's been really great. Uh, you know, talk about that track and and the meaning behind that one and how that one came about. Well, I don't usually like to discuss meanings behind tracks. <laughs> okay. I think it's kind of it's kind of worthless in a sense because right. everyone interprets things their own way and with their, through their own filters, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll just say that you know overall working on the album was an incredible pleasure because everybody was just so into it. Um, and worked hard at doing it, and um, we're very open to experimentation and and uh, change, and uh, and even the song that uh, I sang in Italian aria was a, a nice surprise for us all that it, it turned out so so good, and um, it wasn't originally on on the record uh, slated for the record, but I really wanted to do a record or a song in, in Italian. Um, because it's well, it's an Italian record label, Frontiers, and uh, the, the people I were I was working with were Italian. Two of my guitar players that I tour with regularly are Italian. I rehearse in Italy oftentimes. Um, I've recorded in Italy. Um, my wife and I started this uh, kind of interesting side business called Backstage Pass Travel, where we take uh, people uh, around sightseeing in different places around the world, and Italy is one of the the places we take people to. And, and, um, so I thought, you know, why, why not a song in, in Italian? And Aldo said to me, why, why would you want to do this? <laughs> and, I, and I gave him those reasons and he said, okay, well, if, if you sing it and I understand what it is you're singing, then, then we'll put it on the record. So I got the two thumbs up. So I guess nice. I did. Okay. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great one on there. And then it is, it's a nice surprise. And, uh, at first I, you know, was was trying to figure out. Am I just not understanding what he's saying? You know, um, but uh, <laughs> wouldn't be uh, unusual. Would it? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, but it's a, it's a really cool song, and and it, it just fits right in. It doesn't bother you at all once you once you start listening to it. So I, I'm I think that was a great addition to the uh, to the album for sure. Um, you know, when you are writing music these days, uh, you know how much is it changed for you from from you know the earlier days when you were writing is it do you find it's easier it's harder it, the approach to writing is different for you what's what's changed or not changed over the years uh well we're talking a lot of years here so yeah <laughs> yeah i think i i think i wrote my first song in maybe 1979 something like that so yeah, things have really changed. It's well, of course, it's easier now because I'm I'm better at it after you know working at it so long, um, and of course, being hands on with the technology, um, I find it so much more satisfying to write and you know be able to get my ideas um, uh, recorded in a much faster, more efficient way now than it was you know 20 years ago of course yeah. and uh yeah technology has made things so much better and now of course um 
I'm not the only one doing this, but a lot of people are recording internationally with different musicians and different producers and, and file sharing across the internet. And, uh, the whole world is your studio now, you know, and, uh, and that's amazing as well. Uh, we're really living in the 21st century in regards to recording now and making music. And I, I'm so happy with that because so many old ideas get, get, uh, uh, people cling on to them so long, you know, when, when there's better ways of doing things and, and more interesting ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, I know frontiers used to have this clause in their contract where you could only use acoustic drums, you know, acoustic drums. These are things that were invented, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago <laughs> and were forced as musicians to use this, you know, dinosaur technology. Come on, you know, right. We have so many better things to use nowadays. So, you know, that's like saying to a guitar player, okay, you must record and only use this piece of wood with these cat gut strings tied onto it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I, I love living in the 21st century and I love the way um, the, the, the music making side of the, the industry is uh, changed. You know, what's funny uh the, the Grammys were on last night as we're as we're talking. It's the day after the the Grammys, and I was just listening to Eddie Trunk, who who you know, and uh, he was railing on how awful it is for rock, and you know they don't feature rock and roll or anything. And then I realized I was talking to you today, and I remember you were one of the few rock bands that got to play on the Grammys back in <laughs> back in the day, and. Uh, you know, I, I I just thought it'd be interesting to ask you about that experience and and what it was like to 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 get to play. I think it was Saint Lucidity, I believe, that you played at the Grammys, if I'm right. And um, you know what that experience was like. Well, I I am absolutely not interested in the Grammys, <laughs> uh, and I, and I wasn't then either. Back when they asked us to play, yeah. Um, but having never done it, I thought, well why not why not try it and see what it's like and it was uh it was a nightmare a living (laughs) nightmare and i'll tell you why we were the only band playing live right yeah because typically most don't right everybody lip synced Mm -hmm. so what's the purpose of it right you know what's the actual purpose in fact it went around for weeks before the performance um back and forth with our management attorneys record company the grammys and all those people who were like you know trying to get us to lip sync and and we wouldn't do it and uh they had to make all these special concessions for us because they weren't set up for a live performance you know and and the reason why it was a real nightmare for for us was as the band is because (laughs) well everything has to be set up in the commercial break right Mm -hmm. so when they come back to the show you know, somebody announces you and you begin playing the song and it's all a timing issue. Right. And um, I remember vividly we're playing Silent Lucidity, which is a very calm, relaxed song. It's gentle. And uh, I mean, the slightest nervousness uh, in my voice really uh, is, you know, amplified, you know, when you're when you're uh, playing that song. So I'm trying to remain calm and calm. I'm sitting on this stool and everybody in the band is sitting beside me and they have these partitions that are hiding us from the audience. And at the exact count, the partitions are supposed to open and we're supposed to begin playing the song. Right. So we've got our end up 
worked out, except for there's this massive technical difficulty. And what it is, is one of the guitar amplifiers is not liking anything that's plugged into it. And so every time it uh, they plug a, a lead cord into it, it goes, <laughs> and they pull it out and they put another one and it goes, <laughs> like this, right? And all the while, the uh, assistant director, I can't remember his title, but he's counting down 30. 29, 27, 26. And and we're just sitting there sweating, trying to breathe and keep calm. (laughs) And just just as they give us the point to begin playing, they plug it in and it's silent and calm and everything works. And the partition's open and we begin the song. (laughs) For like 30, a good minute, it is just high stress, right? Oh, my God. Miserable experience. (laughs) Well, I, I, that's what's amazing about that story, and thank you for telling that because that's that's amazing to hear that. Um, and sorry to make you live that memory, <laughs> but um, it's really cool to hear that story. But I, if I could tell you, as being a, a teenager at the time watching that, it was the highlight of the night for me to watch you guys on the Grammys. It was like, it was like this amazing moment, and uh, and it sounded fine from what I remember, and we didn't know anything was wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Well, you know, uh, going back also to to Empire, um, I recently saw you did the uh, live stream, um, or, you know, a few months ago over over the internet and everything, and that was really cool to watch you do that. I know you were planning on touring, uh, you know, Empire, and is it was Rage for Order? It was the two albums you were going to be touring? Is that right? Uh, well, those were the two albums that yeah. I was touring on right. when the pandemic hit. Right, exactly. So uh, is the plan, uh, you know, that you're, you've scheduled some new shows. I've seen uh, uh, pop up. Uh, is the plan to continue that show or, or is it changed? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to continue that show. Uh, those shows were booked, you know, last year. And so they're, we're honoring all those shows that were booked. And um, I think we're, well, we're definitely starting hard and heavy in uh, August, July, August in the UK. And then uh, we come over to the States in the fall and, uh, Right now, I'm booked up till, I think, just past Christmas. Well, that's great. Things are looking great, and I'm very excited about getting back on the road and presenting this show, which is a really great show. I'm very excited about it. It's a a very energetic uh, show where most people that come know all the music that's being played, so it's it's a a familiar kind of uh, presentation. But uh, before the COVID thing hit, we were just on fire. We had so many sold-out shows, and the band was on fire, playing great every night. And uh, it was just a shame for it all to wind down like that so unceremoniously. Well, I think I was about a couple weeks out from seeing you guys down here. If I'm if I'm right, it was it was uh, you guys were playing Fort Lauderdale or something. Just I, I mean, maybe two weeks after you know after uh, all of everything got shut down. So, um, so that yeah. was a real bummer. Um, if you got a couple more minutes, I just, I just want to ask you, um, I just want to talk about those albums a little bit that you're playing. And, uh, you know, obviously Empire was the, was the, the, the biggest success and, and, and everything that went with that album. But I really want, I want to talk about Rage Forward a little bit because the more I listen to that record, I find that it's actually, it's held up amazingly well and it almost sounds more current now in a way to me. And I, and I think at that time you really were, were changing the band sound at a really early stage in the band. And I think you were really ahead of, ahead of the game there with that album. How do you look at that album now that you're playing it live every night? 
Uh, I've always held that album very dear. It was it was an amazing album to make. Uh, the uh, people that we had uh, working on the album with us uh, were exceptional musicians and producers and engineers. And uh, what what the, the album itself, the music was. Uh, yeah, it was it was pushing the boundaries of what you know traditional British heavy metal was at the time, and uh, we were really trying to bring it into modern times and bring our music up to a modern place, and using uh, you know studio technology that was uh, cutting edge at the time, and um, it really was uh, there was a slogan with with. Uh, with Chris Garmon on it, which was no limits. We were really focused on having this open ended way of uh, looking at music and, and not, not, not trying to duplicate something that had been done before, but really trying to push ahead with, with some new ideas. And um, I think we kind of broke new ground and we really became, uh, I think that album really is what Queensryche would become. You know, we'd be yeah. constantly from that point, really trying to push, push beyond where we'd been before and not, not trying to compete with other bands or other artists, but just compete with ourselves and try not to try not to, you know, regurgitate the same thing each time. Yeah. I mean, I discovered the band with empire and then went backwards and, and got mind crime and that blew my mind. And then I went, got rage forward. And then I'm listening to like things like screaming and digital and I'm going, what in the world, you know? I mean, it was just so, out there stuff and so impressive and so original. Um, it was, it was amazing stuff to get to listen to. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, listen, uh, Jeff, this has been an honor. Uh, thank you again for, uh, continuing to make amazing music for all the, all the amazing records you've made all over the years. And forgive me a few minutes to talk to you. Uh, again, uh, the new album from sweet oblivion featuring Jeff Tate relentless comes out April 9th. And uh, where can everybody go to find out tour dates and everything? Uh, the usual places, um, jefftate.com and uh, uh, what's it called? Facebook. Jeff Tate, OpenSea, <laughs> Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, all right. Just, there's a number of different places, but they should all be fairly uh, close to being you know, updated with all the new information. All right. Uh, well, well, we'll make sure to uh, see you on the road, man. I wish you the best and, uh, you know, have a great rest of the year. Okay, and uh, be safe down there and, uh, as spring break uh, comes to your neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, we're hiding indoors. Don't worry. <laughs> well, thanks, okay. man. I'll talk to you later. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks to Jeff for the interview. Don't forget Sweet Oblivion featuring Jeff Tate. The new album, Relentless, comes out on April 9th, so please check it out. We're going to close with the single, Another Change. For upcoming news and interviews, please check theprogreport.com. Follow us on Facebook, at The Prog Report on Twitter, at Prog Report on Instagram. And download the podcast on all our podcast networks and check us out on YouTube. Thanks. Thanks.